Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes Conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. there you doing great let's see gallery all right there we go so yes y'all we so handsome thank you try to look as good as i can for you in your podcast viewers is it noisy in the background no not at all okay because i'm outside tina's inside working yeah no it's awesome so i have your questions and i kind of have some of my own. It's just going to be like a sitting at the kitchen table having a conversation. Sure. Do you have any questions before we roll? Uh, no, I think we're good to go. I think so too. So oh, what I'll do is I'll first introduce, I'll like do our introduction, then introduce you, and then we'll just start talking. Okay. Let's All go. right. So I have... All right. We got this. Let's do this. Yeah. gonna pull up your bio all right sure all right fatty we got this here we go all right hey loves it's grace redmond thank you so much for joining us on today's episode of real talk where i have the privilege of connecting and having real life raw conversations with incredible people from my community who have overcome challenges and created amazing today i'm so excited to be here with fatty shamia Fatty is an entrepreneur who takes tremendous pride about being born and raised right here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Fatty has been a driven go-getter from the time he was a child. He started working in his uncle's grocery store at the age of 12. Since then, he's always owned his own businesses. He's an entrepreneur who has a passion for constantly learning new things and finding ways to better himself and his family. He is a proud dad to an 11-year-old princess and a 10-year-old rambunctious little man and has been married to his beautiful selfless queen, Tina, for 16 years. Currently, Fatty's in the real estate space. 
Fatty assists clients in buying and selling their properties, and he flips and develops homes. Fatty also owns a cafe with his brother. Welcome, Fatty. Thank you. Thanks, Grace. I love that introduction. Yeah, it's so exciting to be here with you. Should I tell the audience that I used to babysit you? Yeah, go ahead. We go way back. <laughs> yeah, we go way back. I can't believe it. Now you've just grown into an incredible, um, wonderful man, and I'm, I'm just so proud of you. Appreciate that. Thanks so much. Yeah, you're welcome. So yeah, I was I reached out because I know during COVID, I was paying attention to what you were doing. And I noticed that you did a pretty, you know, um, impactful pivot during that time. Yeah. yeah. So and, and as that's you know, a lot of businesses closed down during COVID and shut down. And our we were in the food industry for the last 15 or so years. Mm -hmm. and we had to shut down for you know, a good three, four, five months until we knew what was going on. And in the same time, I have, I was starting my real estate business, which is fairly new to me at, at the time. So I um, took a took a pivot, as you mentioned earlier, and I jumped right in. You know, I, I started investing in real estate on my own, buying rental properties, and then getting into the flip world and flip market. And then, you know, just I had to take a chance. I jumped into something and I had to take a chance because I wasn't sure where the food industry was headed. So sure. that's, that's why, you know, I just I leaped in head first and here I am. Yeah. And so now did you start doing the real estate before COVID? You're just dabbling in it? Yeah, I, I started it before COVID, but I wasn't as serious. It was kind of more like a side hustle, if you will, mm -hmm. kind of uh, work the, the cafe business uh, every day make sure that's running well it's 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 a well-oiled machine and you know on the weekends when we're closed kind of just do the, the real estate part-time help a customer help a client here and there you know once a month maybe once every couple of months just just to keep the the revenue stream going but once once the main revenue stream was shut down then i had to really dive more into it and take it head on and full time and and it's it's been doing well it's been catching on and get a lot of client base you know, reach out to my community, just like you, you, you and I, and, you know, just see who's in the market and, and, and go from there. And it's, it's been doing well, it's been yeah. doing really well. And that's what I love. I love seeing that because the same thing happened to me. You know, I've, I've had the staffing firm for yeah. 22 years and then, you know, COVID would happen. I was like, wow, you know, it just came to a quiet. And I had also been doing coaching, like you said, um, limited. And then yeah. when we went to the pandemic, I said, okay, now I'm going to pivot and focus, you know, fully on the coaching business because the staffing was quiet. Everything, like you said, the business is closed. Right. right. And, I mean, it wasn't easy. No, it wasn't easy. It was. I was actually a little worried. I, I, I know enough about real estate. I, my family's been in it for a long time. We've been in it since we were little, but I didn't really know the nitty gritty behind mm -hmm. the scenes, you know, transactional aspect of real estate. I just knew how to run a property, how to manage it collect rent, you know, things like that. But getting to the transactional, reading contracts, you know, making people feel comfortable about buying a home and really not not getting them into any hot water, or any danger is where I really, you know, took it by the horns, if you will, and, and really dove into it and understood it. And was as as time went on, got more comfortable. And, and COVID was actually uh, for me, being a part-time agent, it was actually busier and I made more money being a part-time agent during COVID than I would have in my business, in my real cafe business. So it actually turned out in my favor.
Isn't that incredible? Isn't that incredible? Yeah. It so, really- and I can relate because if it wasn't for COVID, I would never have started this podcast. Exactly. Exactly. You know, if it wasn't for COVID, I wouldn't have um, established so much more in, in my coaching business. Yeah. And the, um, the, the main reason really I got into real estate was because I was doing the flipping before I got my real estate license. And I said to myself, why am I paying all these agents these commissions when one of us could have a license and save on those commissions and you know increase our bottom line? Exactly. And that's why, that's why I got it. So I, I got it to, to list our own listing, our own homes and save on that commission. But when we shut down our business, I had to pivot again into more of helping other people rather than just helping me and my team. Yes. Yeah. And isn't it amazing how God, the universe has a different plan for like, we have a plan, like I had a plan, yeah. like, you know, want to do this for another, you know, five years and then yep. transition, but the universe like, yeah, no grace. Yeah. It's time is now. And I'm yeah. like, holy. Yes. Yeah, right so a little, a little fact that not, not a lot of people know was I actually was studying to get into law school. Before wow. real estate. So I, my, my dad's an attorney, as you know, and I was going to jump into that business. But with my lifestyle now and being being a little older and having kids and, you know, a whole different life than, you know, being in college 15, 16 years ago, yeah. I thought maybe I could jump back into it again and go into law and take over my dad's business. But that didn't work as planned. So I had to make a, another pivot into real estate. So, and so a lot of pivots going on for sure. And so for me, you know, if you could relate, like, even though I knew everything was going to be okay, there was like, a, there was a fear, like, cause there's the uncertainty sure. and the way that I, you know, that I got through it was, I said, you know what, I've been through worse. God always carries me. And yeah. so I just surrendered. Yeah. How did, did you feel any fear during that time? And if so, like, how'd you get through it? Um, I felt fear because our business was shut down. I didn't have an income coming in. I mean, I had, you know, reserves of my own, but no, no in steady income from the business. Real estate, I didn't have much of a network or a sphere, a sphere of influence is what they call it, to reach out to and say, hey, you know, I'm in real estate now. Um, are you looking to buy or sell? And there were people that were saying, hey, I already have an agent. So I was worried about that because there was no money coming in to support the family. So it was, it was worrisome. Real estate is not a steady income business. You have to really take it every single day, full time, day in and day out. And I wasn't doing that. So I did have that fear of, of not succeeding and not being able to provide for my family. And then how did you overcome that fear? Because I've seen you be very successful. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I put my nose to the grindstone. I, I pounded the pavement. I started, you know, knocking on doors in my neighborhood. I started you know, getting lead generation programs and, and, and services from, you know, from my office, from my brokerage and just developing relationships with, with cold calling people and saying, Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. I'm a local agent in your area. And it started to catch on. People were like, Hey, you know, I am in the market or I'm not in the market now, but when I am, I'll reach out to you. And they actually would reach out to me. And it's just started, you know, happening little by little. And then it snowballed into, getting referrals and people saying, Hey, I've worked with this agent, reach out to him. He's great. And it's now, now I have a solid client base. I have a solid network. I can reach out to people that I haven't heard from in a while that are starting to get ready and, and are starting to, to look and write offers, which is, which is good. It's, it takes a lot of stress, stress off of the unknown and being new. I've been in it for quite four or five years now. So I'm not as new as, 
most people are, but I'm not as seasoned either. Sure. But I do have a good client base. I am closing deals and it's, it's working out. Well, you know, I'm going to kind of talk about this, this, the building, the relationships. Yeah. And anytime we go into a sales type of role, like real estate is sales or staffing with sales. Mm -hmm. And it's all about building the relationships and making those contacts. Sure. And then once it's like you said, it's a momentum. Like once you get out there and you work it every day, it, it just starts to, it, the energy you put out, it comes back in. Yeah, it's like a sport. You know, you practice every day. The more practice you put in, the better you're going to be. Exactly. And that's just it. It's, it's practicing on how to talk to people, what to say, you know, the lingo, learning the lingo, learning how to give people space. And, and it all starts to flow. It all starts to become natural over time. Absolutely. Especially when you're committed with committed to it, which you are, you're consistent in the action you take, which you are, and you're intentional, which you are. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is a key. Your consistency in any kind of business, no matter what you do, is number one. It's paramount. If you're not consistent, you're not going to succeed. Hundred percent. And I remember when I first started staffing, it was so um, stressful because of the numbers and the sales. And then I said, you know, what? I need to stop. I need to run my own race. Yeah. And if I'm just focused on building the relationships and I show up every day and I'm consistent, it's going to happen. And, you know, and that's how I, I look at things. I, I don't look at it anymore as sales. I look yeah. at okay, relationship building and, and helping people with their careers. That's, and that's, yeah, that's really what real estate 101 is you, they, the, 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 the sale comes later. You got, that's a cherry on top. You have to develop the relationship, become really friends with your clients, you know, go out to lunch, go out to dinner, know their families, know what they're all about and kind of peel back the onion on them. And then if you get a sale at the end of the day, great. If not, yes. it's okay. You have a relationship, you have a new friendship with somebody. 100%. 100%. And when you're building those relationships, like you see, when you're building those relationships, just out of intention and sincerity, the business comes. I yeah. think the for me, the business is the byproduct of building the relationships. Exactly. And, that, and that, at first, it was hard for me to realize that. I was like, I got to get the sale. I got to get the sale. I got to get that commission check. That's all I was focused on was that because I didn't have any money coming in. I was freaking out. Like, what the hell am I going to do? But my broker, we had to sit down. He was like, dude, relax. Yeah. Be yourself and things will happen. And, That's and, it. and it did. It's yeah, and, and they always say scared money scares money. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm going into it scared. So so tell me like, what gives you the passion and drive? I mean, since you were a little kid, you started working in the, you know, the grocery yeah. store at 12. Where'd that grit come from? I think it was just from my upbringing. My, my dad has always been, you know, a workaholic. He's he's never taken much of vacations as when we were younger. He did, you know, we were, you know, teenage years, but I've always, he was never home. He was never working. He was never, you know, never spent, never went to any of my baseball games, never went to any of my sports, was never around. And, and I always wondered why, what, what's the deal? What are you doing? Why aren't you around? And he, he said, I'm, I'm building the foundation for you and for your brother. So, so I learned from him. He, my mom was a stay at home mom. I learned from her just from, you know, taking care of the house and being a mom is one of the hardest jobs in the world, as you know. And you have an incredible mom. She's even like a mom to me. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, she's great. She loves you. She always oh, talks highly of, of you. She's such a, like such a support for me. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, she's great. She's super nice. She's like, I call her Mother Teresa sometimes because she's the sweetest woman on earth. And I know I'm being biased because that's my mom, but I'm sure everyone says that about their mom. But I hear it a lot. 
all over the community yeah. about her. She's she's great. And yeah. she she really pushed us in that sense. But my dad was he he was I would look at and and to this day, to this day, he's a six day a week guy. He only takes one day off, That's even though his business is a five day a week. He's there six days all day in and day out. And he's nearing 70 and I have no signs of slowing down. Damn, he's amazing. It's insane. He's like a machine. And he still looks 50. Yeah, and he still looks young and he looks fit and he's he's doesn't no signs of, of retiring. And that's kind of I, I think it's in the blood. I really do. It, my whole family's like that. My uncle's like that. My my brother's like that. We all just we grind. We grind and and, and we're never sat we're, we're satisfied, but it's never enough. Mm -hmm. You know, we always well, want and but there and there's also there's nothing wrong with that because when we I feel like we're definitely, we're satisfied and grateful yeah. and always striving for more because yeah. if we're not striving for more, then it's like, as human beings, we want to grow and expand and our growth and expansion comes from, you know, wanting more. Yeah. And, and I don't like to settle for mediocrity. I'm not okay with that. I, I mediocrity is, is my, is, it's a low baseline for me. I like to be above that. So, so Again, so what inspired you to just like always go for the top? Um, it's just more more competing with myself. Mm -hmm. uh, more of like, you know, how well can I do? Uh, I never was competing against anyone else. I never was jealous. Like this guy's doing better than I am. He's more successful than I am. He's got a bigger house than I do. I was just pushing myself. And, and it, now that I have kids, I want to show them what my dad was showing me that the harder you work, the more dividends it'll pay off in, in the end. And I just push, push, push. Being in the Bay Area, it's hard to live here. It's very expensive. And that's another motivation for me is to, to be able to live a little easier for my mm -hmm. kids so, so mm -hmm. they can live a little easier because my grandfather, when he came here, he wanted to work hard so his kids didn't work as hard. And my dad wanted to work hard so his kids didn't work hard. And same goes for me and my kids. So that's really the, the reason why I, I'm pushing myself is because so they have it a little easier than we did. I, I can relate. I can relate because then I also see like how hard, you know, my, my grandparents worked and then my parents and then, and then it made it a little bit easier for us. And then now I want to make it easier, you know, for my kids, not because of um, laziness, but just yeah. like build a foundation for yeah. them that they can bring off of. And I think each generation does that. Yeah. And, and it's only going to get harder for them as we go on. So if we lay the foundation, so they have a little bit of comfort knowing that if something doesn't go wrong, they have something to fall back on, but right. still they have to plant, we plant the seed for them. They need to make it grow. Exactly. So that's the thing. It's about planting the seeds, just like our grandparents, our parents planted mm -hmm. the seeds. We're doing the same thing. And also I'm teaching my boys like mindset, like yeah. to have an abundance mindset and to know like you know abundance is energy that they deserve it they don't of course we're going to work we take action um but i'm like i felt like i had to bust my ass to yeah. deserve or earn anything yeah and sure. yes you have to take action but they already deserve it they don't have to prove of themselves of course but still i i don't want to make it seem to them that they can get whatever they want because for sure in essence, our kids can get whatever they want because we have provided for them that for them. But I don't want to show them that because, like you said, it'll be create laziness and silver right. platter. And, you know, they're 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 no, they're entitled. I don't want my kids to feel entitled totally. at all. Totally. And and again, it's about like I let them know it's like they can create whatever life they want. Mm -hmm. 
with that, like you said, the commitment, the consistency and the action. Yes. They can, you know, they, the world is their oyster. Yeah, right. You just and have to it, it took me a long time to get my mindset correct. Because, you know, naturally I procrastinated a little bit. You know, I pushed things off a little bit. Oh, human. Know, a lot, yeah. A lot of people do that. You start to lose motivation. You start to, you know, get lazy and down on yourself. Like, this is not working out. What am I doing? But, you know, you got to just, just stay strong, mental, mentally strong, and keep that mindset going. And my kids are, are young. They're 11 and 10. But they're there and my son who's a 10 year old he he his mindset isn't where i needed to be at 10. so i'm trying to show him how i think and how i work and how i'm wired and i'm trying to get him to wire like me it's a struggle he's 10 years old not even 10 he's almost 10. it's a struggle but trying to show by action lead by example exactly and you know when my kids were young as well like i same thing i'm like oh my gosh am i doing the right thing and they're not listening but let me tell you, they are paying attention to what we do, not what we say. And so then as they grew and they started to build their own habits, I noticed their habits were similar to, to our habits. Yeah. Not yeah. all of them are good, but it's okay. So they're no, yeah. example, hundred percent. Yeah, for so sure. So when, when you, you know, cause we all go through that, like you said, sometimes our mindset's not where, you know, it's supposed to be, that's human. So when you get to that point, where you, you know, you feel your mindset kind of shifting to the lack or shifting, feeling down. Like what is one thing that you do to help yourself get back? To um, I, I, I really just tell myself things will work out. Um, I, I kind of just talk to myself a lot. I, I, I know I realized that that works for me. Yep. Talking to myself works for me. It, it may seem weird, but I really talk out loud to myself. That's I, not weird at all. I, some people may think it is, but I, oh. I mean, it, that's great that you're saying it's not, but it's not. And, I, and I'll tell you I, a secret. I'm in my car sometimes, and I'm literally having a conversation with myself. Which, because, so this is what I teach in coaching, because we have a conversation in the head that that voice is always there. Yeah. And so what I teach is, okay, now what would you tell that, you know, because usually this is the little girl or little boy in us. Like, what would you tell the little girl or little boy? So really what you're doing is a tool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, works. it works. Sometimes it, it doesn't, and but most of the time it does, and I don't expect it to work 100% of the time. Of course. Because we'd be perfect, and we're yeah. not. Yeah, because <laughs> if we're perfect, we'd be dead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to die. And I'd be a gazillionaire, too, so. Yeah, I'd be, <laughs> like, I don't want to die. I'm not perfect. None of us, you know, we're we're perfectly flawed. Yeah, right. You know, we're, and, and our own we're perfect in a way that works for us. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and we all make mistakes, because yeah. that's how we learn. So what would you say has been one of your, there's, you know, there's no failure. It's only feedback, but what would you say has been one of your failures and what did you learn from it? Um, in, in the real estate world or is in. Whatever in, you'd like to share. Uh, let's see. In, in my failures in my real estate world, I, I, I didn't one time cross my eyes or tease and dot my eyes on a transaction and it, it cost me the transaction. It actually cost me the client too. Hmm. Um, I, it was a mistake that I, that I took for granted that I thought wasn't going to be a mistake and it was going to be something that I can, I can kind of slide under the radar. It was caught by not only my clients, but it was caught by this, the listing agent and it, it, I didn't follow what I was supposed to follow. And that was the, my biggest failure really. And 
and it, it's not necessarily a mindset failure or something that happened within myself. It was more of a transactional thing that I didn't do. And it was a big one. It was over a $2 million deal. And it, it's, a, it's a, that's a good commission check. And I lost out on that. And I lost out on the client because the client wasn't confident enough in me to, pre- to represent them as their agent to get them the best deal. I was more focused on the deal than I was on my client. And that was my biggest failure. And I learned that the hard way. They had, that client ended up buying something way more than what they were going to buy with me with somebody else. And, and I wasn't concerned more at the end of the day about the commission check. I was more concerned about losing that relationship, mm-hmm. and losing that, you know, that possible referral and, and losing the knowledge or, or not, the, or, and, and I gained the knowledge that I should have had before. So I, I won and I lost at the same time. I, I won, when I say win, was I learned, like you said, it was a learning experience and I, I won the knowledge of what not to do. I lost by losing the, the client. Exactly. Yeah. And so now, exactly. So that's why there's no failure. It's only feedback because yeah. you learned, you know, this incredible lesson for next yeah. time. And then most likely you're going to have like this huge deal on the table and you'll cover, you know, you'll hear everything, got your eyes across your teeth. Yeah. I, I don't consider them losses. I consider them learning experiences. I, and I tell my kids that too, when they lose a game or something like that, or they get a bad grade on a, on a, on an assignment, they don't lose. You don't, we don't ever lose. We don't, we're not losers. Nope. We're, we're winners and we just learn from what happened. Absolutely. It's like our failures, mistakes are always learning opportunities. Yeah. I wish I learned that sooner. I only learned that like when I went back to school six years ago, get coach certified. And I was like, my God, why? Because yeah. I was taught never fail, never make a mistake. And so I was, you know, messed up. Yeah, me too. I fear of like making yeah. a mistake. And yeah. then now I realize like, okay, this is, this is how we learn. Like the baby doesn't come out of the mother's womb, like learning how to run. Right. Right. And my, and my son, I'm more hard on him in his sports than, than my daughter, because naturally he's just a little bit more athletic than she is. And he always, he had that fear of always losing and not doing well. And when he would lose a game, he would start crying. And like, no, you, you didn't lose anything. It's a learning experience of what to do better next time. And like I said, he's nine, he's learning, he's, he's figuring that out. So I think he's going to do better next time of he course. loses a, a game. But, it's, you know, I just try to pay it forward as much as I can. For sure. And that's at the, ultimately, that's what this is all about is paying it forward. Yeah, for sure. So if there was one thing um, that you wish you had known when you first started your career that you know now, what would that be? Um, I mean, that's that's a loaded question. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole bunch of stuff that that I could have <laughs> learned. Um, but what the most important thing that I that I learned that was that I really I, I use more than anything is not to be a bugaboo, not not to be someone who's really bothering their client. Because at first I was calling every day, calling, calling, texting, calling, texting, calling, no response, no response. I'm like, what the fuck? What the hell's going on here? Why isn't anyone responding to me? What am I doing? Are you a bugaboo? Yeah, exactly. My my broker's like, you're bothering them, dude. Leave them alone. (laughs) When they want to call you, they'll call you. 
so that, that that's that's a big thing in real estate honestly and and it may not seem like a big thing in, in other people's uh career no, businesses, but it is it they'll when they're ready they'll call that's when, right if you give them the, the, the service you're providing them at the jump and your first impression in the jump was was great and they they latched on to that then just wait just yeah it all come. It's not like I said, it's not about the sale right away. It's about building a relationship and the sale will come later. That's, that, that's a big, big thing in, in this business. And I learned that the hard way. I was not getting any calls from, from people not getting any response. I'm like, what's going on? And so I ended up, you know, kicking back, slowing it down a little bit, giving them time and their space. And eventually they started coming back when they wanted to come back and it, and it worked. Yeah, exactly. Which brings me to the subject of like resistance. Like when we're in resistance and we're trying to control something, it's like we're really blocking it from coming to us. Yeah. So then we're like, okay, I'm going to, like you said, I'm going to relax. I'm going to just, you know, chill mm -hmm. and I know it's going to work out. Then it starts coming. It does. It really does. I, I hadn't talked to this one client. <clears throat> this was this one client I was calling literally week after week, week after week and nothing, nothing, nothing. I, after I had to talk to my broker to, to relax and, and stop, I did. And a year later, he ended up calling me back. Mm -hmm. He's saying, hey, you were really persistent. You called me all the time. You texted me all the time. You emailed me. You sent me newsletters. I love the persistence. I just didn't respond because I wasn't ready. And mm -hmm. I remembered how persistent you were. When I was ready, I called you. Yeah. And we ended up making a deal. There you go. So it paid off. Right. And I and learned. Exactly. And, and also energy. We're going to attract the mm -hmm. energy that we are in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you're, you're being committed and consistent and intentional. And yeah. so that also brought this guy back who's probably ended up being a great client. Yeah, he was. He was. He, we ended up making a deal for him. He was very happy. He's, he gave me a great review. He was, told me if there's anyone he knows that needs an agent, they refer them to me. So it ended up working out after not hearing him from him for a whole year. And, and also because you're more relaxed. Yeah, now, yeah, for sure. Now I'm just like, oh, whatever. I'll, I'll hear from him when he's when he's right? ready. And then that's when it starts coming. So, yeah. what what advice would you give someone who wants to take a risk, wants to pivot, has been doing the same thing for a long time, and just is, is scared because it's scary yeah. for people to, to take that risk. Sure. Um, have have a have a, a good size reserve in your bank account because. <laughs> It may not, you may not, you not, may not bear the fruits of your labor right away. So you're going to have to have something to fall back on. So you're going to have to just chill, have a, have a reserve, uh, be, be consistent. That's, that's the most important thing. I tell that to everybody. Even when I own my businesses, all the other businesses that I've ever owned, I always told my employees, consistency is what's going to make us successful and, and hard work, dedication, just, just, know have that mindset that things will be okay if you just put the time in right. if you put the time in you'll you'll get you'll get the the rewards back if you don't put the time in you're not going to get anything back well like it goes back like said the action and it yeah. does it does take time yeah and really so does. i mean life can be stressful and hectic you have family and businesses and and we have we're going like the last year and a half has been insane for for everyone what have you done to help yourself stay grounded and stay productive because it's been hard to be productive some days. Yeah. Um, with open houses being shut down and us not being able to show homes, we were able to do virtual tours online. So I still was able to meet like with my clients, like how we're doing now on a zoom. 
have a consultation over the computer, do a virtual tour of the home. So production, it didn't really slow down as much, oddly enough, in COVID for real estate. It was actually my busiest year. I've heard that. It was. I, although it was only my second year, and it's still technically, a, 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 you're still new. I, I And I did sell homes my first year. But my second year in COVID, I sold triple the amount of homes I did in my first year. That's incredible. I've actually heard that in, in for the real estate market that they've been yeah, very busy. It's true because the, the way they kept the economy going was to lower interest rates and interest rates helped keep the market, the, the real estate market af, afloat because people were taking advantage of their super low rates that were nearly under 1% at uh, 2% at one time. So people took advantage and a lot of people came out and were like, since we're working from home, I need more space. I need a Zoom room. I need more space for my kids to, you know, play. So, and with the interest rates being low, it ended up, ended up being a great year. So that was a, a good motivator and a good, you know, push for us to do well. And it's also a great example how even when we're going through challenging time, there's always opportunity to be had somewhere. Yeah. And, and it's unfortunate that it, it hurt a lot of people, but for us, it was, it, for me and my family, it actually did well for us, surprisingly. Well, well, also, it's a mindset and it's a pivot. Like, we have a choice. Like, we could have chose, you know, taken the choice of why me, why is this happening to me, you know, and gotten depressed. Yeah. But we chose to be like, okay, this is happening. It's out yeah. of our control. What now? Let's yep. do this. Yep. Yeah, let's take so, it by the horns and just, and see where it leads, see where it goes. That's it, because we, we can't control the things outside of us, but we can control what's going on here and here. Right. You know, right. Which, which brings me again, like life can be so stressful. What are some things you do for yourself to stay grounded and sane? Um, I want to say I do yoga. I want to say I read a lot of books, but I don't. And you don't have to. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I just, I talk to my wife a lot. She's really, she keeps me grounded. She tells me, you know, just, just stay, stay working hard. Results will come. I, I, I do a lot of talking to a lot of different people, a lot of, a lot of family members, a lot of col colleagues who have gone through, you know, 2008 when the market crash happened, you know, how did, how did they stay afloat? How did they work it out? And I, I just get a lot of advice from people and, and, and different mindsets. Um, I do a lot of going on Instagram and, and, and seeing these, these real estate people and, and, um, learning from them and how they deal with these kind of situations. Uh, you know, there's, there's no real formula that I had. I kind of just took it day by day, honestly. I wish I had something better to tell you and more enlightening to, to give to your viewers, but there's, there's no, there was no secret potion or secret sauce, you know? That is a secret. And I'll tell you why. I'm actually teaching a class um, about how to go from fear to freedom and the number one thing is community, finding people to talk to, yeah. finding people to, um, you know, bounce things off of. Yeah. So that is really part of a secret formula because a lot of people make an effort to do everything themselves. Um, they don't like to share or reach out for help. Yeah. So you tap into your community, into your support group. Uh, yeah, I was never that type to reach out to anyone. I, you know, growing up and, and being in my, you know, entrepreneurial career, buying and selling businesses and owning businesses, I never really spoke to a lot of people. I kind of just was a self-motivator, if you will. I, I always talk to myself. I, I talk to myself a lot. It, it really helps me. It 
it helps me get through the the days where I don't think I'm going to do well or the days where things aren't going well and business is slow and no business is coming through the door. I kind of just, you know, talk to myself, talk myself up mm -hmm. um, that mindset of things will be fine. Things will always work. It always seems to work its way through. It, it really does. You know, I haven't, fortunately, I haven't had a major failure where I was rock bottom. Um, I haven't had that yet. So maybe if that ever comes, then I'll figure out a different way of motivating myself. But for now, I've been pretty, I've been pretty fortunate. And, well, and <clears throat> go ahead. The fact that you, I'm going to ask you where the self-talk start, you know, like, where do you think it came from? But the fact that you are already like, you know, self-motivated and you have that self-talk, mm -hmm you may not be a person that ever hits rock bottom because you already have that foundation. Sure. You know, and yeah. usually we hit rock bottom when we're not listening to the universe, the God, to, to God, to ourselves. Yeah. I, um, you, you, you were going to ask where I got it from and when I, when I started doing it more in my adult years, thirties, uh, you know, it, 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 later twenties throughout my thirties, I'm almost 40, almost I'll be 40 this year. So can't say forties yet. But uh, I, I, you know, I, I would read, I, I do read and, and I read, I'm reading a, a book now. It's not, you know, a motivational book or anything. It's more of an experience book. It's, it's Obama's book about his experience being president. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, there's no really motivation in it. It's more of just learning from how he got through, you know, negotiating with other countries or dealing with the, the, the bank bailouts and, dealing with, you know, the, the crises that he went through. And it, it, it wasn't a coaching book. It's not a coaching book by any means, but just how he writes the book and how he explains things is more of, gives me a way of how to look at things and how to deal with things. So it definitely, I mean, it is a learning experience. Like it yeah, is a learning yeah, it's book. a learning experience for me, but other, I don't know how other people would take that type of book is what I'm, it wasn't billed as a self-help learning book. Right. But, and that's how we learn. You know, I, I had this conversation with someone yesterday and they said, you know, um, who are your role models? I mean, outside of course, my, my, my mom and my dad. And I said, I really don't think I had any. I turned to the TV for the role models of what I, you know, how I wanted to live and what I wanted to, you know, be like, I, they helped expand my mind. So sometimes the examples don't always have to come from, you know, in our smallest circle, they can come from everywhere. Yeah. And, and Obama, you know, forget his politics, you know, whatever they are, whatever they, they may be. I, I, I'm in, I'm really intrigued and infatuated with how he operates, how he's wired, you know, and, and I like, I like what he's about. I like how his, how, where his upbringing and how he got to where he was. Um, you know, as far as politics, I, I don't care about that part too much. It's just about how he goes his day to day and how he became who he became. Right. No, I hear you. It's fascinating, like how he, you know, goes from being, you know, a, a young boy in Hawaii to president of the United States. Yeah, and being, you know, being a man of color too, and yeah. having cards stacked against him, and how he was able to, to, to beat all that and confront all that at the same time, and and get to the the highest position in in the land. Exactly. You know. Just, having to fight his way through exactly which you know again comes back to you know you like being a young boy and always having this drive and there was i'm sure there was many challenges that you yeah. faced to, yeah. to, you know, to get here yeah. and 
you know, other than the self-talk, which is huge in the community, you know, what else do you think helped you like overcome these challenges? Like what tool did, if it wasn't a tool, like what method did you use to kind of like, here's an obstacle, I'm getting through this. I, I just, I think the whole, my, I've always been a failure is not an option type of guy. Mm-hmm. I wasn't going to accept being second place. For me, second place is first loser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, I really use that a lot. And, and for me to, to not be second place, it, it pushes me and it drives me. I've always played sports and I've always been a, a competitive guy. So I think being a, com- a competitor um, really pushes me to, to do well and not, and not succumb or not concede to, to just, you know, being mediocre. I, I don't want to be mediocre. I don't want to be the same. I don't want to be just like everybody else, you know, who's average. I don't want to be average. Like you just like I can relate to this because I compete against myself. And earlier you said, you know what? I'm competing against myself to be the yeah. best version that I can be every right. day. Right. And that's where I'm at. And 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 my wife is the same way. And she's actually taught me a lot of how to how to compete with myself and how to deal with competing with myself too. Mm-hmm. And that, again, that's what it's about. We all run our own race because there's enough abundance for us all to be successful. It's not about what he's doing or she's doing. It's about us. Like what am I doing, you know, better today? How can I be a little bit better today? How can I be a little bit better tomorrow? Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I, I, I set goals for myself. Mm-hmm. And if I reach those goals, great. And, and I have to, and if, if it's still time to make, to do more in that goal, I'll push it even further. Mm-hmm. And I don't stop at the goal. So for, for example, when I say goal, uh, my goal this year is to close at least uh, 12 deals Mm-hmm. transactions this year um i'm halfway through already halfway. of that this year and if i get 12 and the year's not over i'm going to shoot for 14 or 15. Mm-hmm. so uh, setting goals helps mm-hmm. um, because if you don't have a goal you have nothing to, to, to right. fight for. so it's a why so it would be like you know we have to have a why mm-hmm. to have the motive to be inspired to even reach that goal sure what would you say your why is um my why is, is uh, you know, that's a good question. I've never really asked myself why. Um, why, I, just to get more seasoned, really, to get more seasoned in the business, to, to, to have, well, I guess I'm thinking about it now. My why is because I want more of a reputation. I want people to know who I am. Mm-hmm. I want people to know that I, uh, that I deliver results. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why. I want to... So when they know you as a person who's with great integrity, who de- de- delivers results, what does that mean to you? Well, in the, in the real estate world, uh, I, I want them to know. So I, I created my own logo and my own team, and I want that team to to build and become a, a large team where people know who, who we are. They know my team. They know my, my real estate group. And, and I want more agents to come and join that team so I can teach them what I was taught and, and, and take them under my wing and hopefully become as at hopefully when I get there, as successful as I am. And if not more successful than me. Yeah. And setting the example for your kids. Right. And for, you know, for others who anyone else who might be, yeah. you know, just step, you know, stepping in or, you know, looking for a career and just what a great example. Yeah. And my son, my son already was like, I want to do what you're doing. I, I want to be a real estate agent. And, 
you know, there, there's bigger and better jobs out there and real estate agent is a great job and don't get me wrong, but you know, he's already seeing the work that it puts in and, and, and the benefits and the success that when you put that hard work in, what it, what it gives back. Yes. Yes. The, 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 the fruits of your labor. Yes. So, I mean, you're always working so hard. Yeah. Trying to for fun. Try uh, fun. <laughs> There's not a lot of fun right now. But we got to have uh, fun because fun yeah. helps us be more I, I got a vacation as much as possible. We just got back from Puerto Rico last week. Oh, nice. So that was cool. Um, we try to take the kids out. You know, my fun is I, I live vicariously through my kids with their fun. Um, my, my son's really into baseball. He's, he's, he's on travel ball teams and tournament teams. So, And I played baseball my whole life. So my fun is watching him play, coaching him. Um, getting him better and and my daughter dunya she's also in softball she plays and coaching her uh, you know just i have a, a classic car that i'm restoring so that i you know restore that and help where i can and you know just simple things nothing nothing crazy to yeah. vacation as much as possible yes experiences are amazing yeah so i'm gonna have one last question for you sure. what's something that you can share with us that not everybody knows some interesting fact about fatty about me uh uh sheesh i'm a lefty i'm a lefty <laughs> not everyone knows that um I, man there's just i'm i'm an open book a lot of people know a lot about me i'm very i'm very transparent i don't have a lot of secrets about myself you probably know more about me than anyone else does <laughs> um there i i wish i had something cool to say i really don't i mean I, I speak Arabic fluently. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Good yeah. for you. I got, a, my Arabic's broken. Really? I was first, first language I was taught was Arabic. Beautiful. I learned English in school. Beautiful. There, that, that's, that's a very interesting fact. Yeah. You know, especially that um, a lot of us, I mean, I can speak Arabic and I can understand, but if someone's from outside, they're like, oh my God, you sound like it's so broken. Yeah. So yeah. I can, I can definitely get by and, in Egypt, I can get by. In in Iraq, I can get by where the dialects are different. I can, I can speak that language. My dad taught me it, and he still speaks to me in only Arabic. That's fantastic. Yeah. So. So I know who to call now when I want to, you know, yeah. get my Arabic better. Give me a call. I got you. <laughs> I, will. I will. Oh my God, it's been amazing to have you on today. Just um. Thanks for having me. You've done great during you know such a challenging time and. Yeah. If our audience wants to get a hold of you, where can they find you? Uh, yeah, you can find me at, um, I'm, I'm on all social media, Facebook, just my name, Fadi Shamiya. My Instagram is fadi.s underscore Sequoia. So that's fadi, F-A-D-I dot S underscore Sequoia, S-E-Q-U-O-I-A. Um, my cell phone number is is all on there. My You can direct message me if you want to reach me, if you want to talk real estate, if you're in the market. And um, yeah, that's it. I mean, social media, Facebook, Instagram, um, and DM me throughout through those two two avenues, and I can I reach out right away. And if you guys want my direct cell phone number, I can give it to you, or Grace can give it to you as well. Perfect. And when um, the information will also be um, in the podcast notes below, so they'll be able to get to it. Yes. All right. It was awesome connecting with you today. Nice. Thanks, Grace. Thanks for having me. It was great. I had a good time. No, I had a great time. Thank sure. you guys so much for being here with us today. And we look forward to seeing you again on the next episode of Real Talk. Until then, have a great day.
That was awesome, Fatty. Thanks, Grace. How'd you like it? It was good. It was very, very easy. Very just, you know, you and I talking, which is which made it a lot easier. And, and we talk all the time, so I had no problems. Exactly. And that's why I wanted it, like for everyone, just like a real conversation, just, yeah. you know, and this will, you know, definitely inspire and help a lot of people who might okay. be thinking, you know, let me take a leap and they're just afraid to do it. Yeah, I hope, I hope, I hope uh, they, they were inspired. Yes, for sure. And I have everybody like I'm going to get actually I have Rosa Ziada and Tina because I know they've all done some awesome things. So I'll get to everybody. Cool. I have like I'll be here for a long time. <laughs> all right, cool. We're, we're here for you. All right, Habibi, give Tina my love and the kids too. Okay. All Definitely. right, I love you. I love you too. Thanks. Right. So. Take care. Bye. -bye. Bye. Hey love, thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.